1: On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon.
2: Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Fountain Hills, Arizona, and I'm so delighted to welcome you to the show today. The show is brought to you by Slim Roast Coffee. All of us who drink it are losing weight. I'm at 31 pounds down now, and the CEO of the company has lost more than 50 pounds. The bottom line is that it works on your bottom line, if you know what I mean. Go to the self-improvement blog to find out how you can get some. While you're there, see our guest picture, read The bio and the book review, watch the video, Uh, but come right back. Don't do all that before the show. Come back now because we have some really good stuff for you today. When we were children, all our stories started with once upon a time and ended with happily ever after. Mm -hmm. As we grew up, we watched sitcoms that made most families look silly and superficial and we got the impression that everybody was happy all the time once they grew up and got married. We go into marriage still thinking that way, or at least thinking that everything's going to be like it was when we were dating. And then we learn who they really are, and hopefully who we really are. It was just on the news that a man was suing his wife. Because when he saw her the next morning after the wedding without her makeup, he thought she was ugly and he sued her for $20,000. Can you believe that? How didn't he know her better? We know that the divorce rate just keeps rising and more and more couples are choosing to live with each other and then they can come and go as they please. We've talked about relationships before and we're going to talk about them today. And about the journey from me to us. Think about that. The journey from me to us. Our guest is Alan Fox. He has enjoyed a number of lifetimes during the past 70-some years. He has university degrees in accounting, law, education, and professional writing. He has been employed as a tax supervisor for a national CPA firm, established his own law firm, and founded a commercial real estate company in 1968 that now owns and manages more than 70 major income producing properties in 11 states. Fox is the founder, editor and publisher of Rattle, one of the most respected literary magazines in the United States, and he sits on the board of directors of several nonprofit foundations. People Tools for Love and Relationships is his third in his People Tools series and was just published, and it is good. It is my absolute honor and pleasure to welcome to the Self-Improvement Show, Alan Fox. Alan, you've been with us before. Welcome back.
3: Thank you, Irene. I've, I've always enjoyed talking to you, and our last interview was absolutely wonderful, and I appreciate it.
2: We had a lot of fun, and I think this one's going to be just as much fun. Tell us about yourself, for the guests who didn't hear us before, for the listeners who didn't hear us before. Who is Alan Fox?
3: Well, at the moment, Alan Fox is seventy-five years old. I've been in <laughs> a number of businesses and relationships in my life. I am still, um, <laughs> I'm still working forty or fifty hours a week in my business and uh, writing on weekends and uh, and evenings, and just you know, enjoying my life. Whatever I do, I go at full speed and. Uh, and, and really work hard to, to make things work, and I'm thoughtful about it, and um, do some traveling, and uh, I have six children, so I'm really enjoying my life.
2: Sounds good. You have a book series called People Tools, and they really are tools. Tell us about the first two just a little bit, and why you wrote a series called People Tools, and then we'll get into your third Book
3: of Tools. Absolutely. Well, I started writing the book People Tools, and People Tools. You know, like like plumbers have tools, carpenters have tools, uh, in an office you have uh, tools with your computer. And people tools are tools from getting along better with other people. And, you know, if you can only have one skill in life, Irene, I think getting along well with other people is the one to have. So I started writing people tools uh, in the early 90s when I was uh, taking the courses and getting a degree in professional writing, and I wrote it. About 20 years and uh, three years ago when I was 72, I thought, you know, if I'm ever going to get this out, I better do it now. So we got people tools published. Then, you know, I have interesting ideas in that, like patterns persist. If you detect a pattern in yourself or somebody else, like when I go to a buffet restaurant, I'm going to eat too much. That's my pattern. And if I assume that will continue, then I'm almost always going to be right. Or I have a tool belt buckle, meaning... If there's a difference between what someone says and what they do, believe what they do and not what they say. And uh, that that book was a New York Times bestseller and and very successful. Then I came out last year with another book, People, Tools for Business, focusing on business relationships. And one of the tools there, one of my favorites, uh, which is fairly obvious, is don't run out of cash. And whether you're in Uh, business or not, (laughs) I think that's very important. And... um, my most recent book, which uh, which just came out, is People, Tools for, for Love and Relationships, and The Journey from Me to Us, dealing with, uh, with with intimate relationships, how to find one, how to, and, 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 and even more important, uh, you know, you were saying at the beginning of the show that we all grow up thinking, you know, we find the right person and live happily ever after. Well, you know, it's not that easy, and I think every good relationship has to be worked at. So, I have uh, 50 short chapters and 50 tools for for dealing with the finding and staying in a a very good intimate relationship.
2: And you know, for the people who say, yeah, right, they're short, because some people consider 40, 50 pages short, they really are short, you know, two, three, four pages Mm -hmm. at most, and a lot of personal examples and stories. And I have to say right up front, Alan, I admire you for being so open, making yourself so vulnerable with some of these stories. I think so many people can relate to what you've done and what you've experienced that, you know, when you come up with a tool, they're going to pay attention. Let's hope that's
3: the case anyway. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, uh the... we're human beings. None of us is perfect. And frankly, I always learn a lot more, I read from my mistakes than from my successes. And, you know, I've shared a number of mistakes I've made along the way and how I've solved the problem. And, uh, and every single day, I'm trying to live my life better. So, you know, the improvement shows perfect because I believe that every one of us, Can and should be doing that every single day.
2: And I'm glad to say that none you hear you say none of us is perfect because I talk about that a lot on the blog and on the show. We're not perfect. We really aren't even meant to be perfect. So get over it is what I say. Just get over it. I want to start at the end of the book because the last concept in the book is so Right on. I want to start there because I don't want to get to the end of the show and not and, and not get to it. You state whatever the question is, love is the answer. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, it sounds a little simple in the beginning, but go for it.
3: Well, thank you. Absolutely. You know, I start each of uh, the short chapters with uh, two quotes, and the two quotes for this, one from George Sand, who said, there is only one happiness in life, to love and be loved. And then uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, all you need is love. And, you know, I think that's true. And in the last chapter of People, Tools for Love and Relationships, I talk about a uh, friend of mine, Jill, lives in Harbor, Oregon. She's 70 years old, and actually she and I lived together about 40 years ago, and we still keep in touch and have a very good relationship. And is a very, very loving person. She has physical problems. Uh, her finances are not great, but she cares for other people. And when I was a teenager, Irene, a 13-, 14-year-old boy, I somehow became obsessed with how can I get a girl to love me And uh, being, uh, you know, a researcher, I went to the library and I read magazines and books. I found one sentence in one book which said, if you want someone to love you, love them first. And I think that is an absolute key. If you really care about other people, and I mean really sincerely, and their welfare and helping them, that... First of all, to me, that feels very good. I help kids. I help my uh, employees and my family, and it feels very good. And you know something? They appreciate it, and they help me back, and, you know, we all need help. And so, you know, I'm I'm always willing to go first and say I love you and, um, and care about you and, and then demonstrate it. So I think love is the answer.
2: Okay, then I have to ask you this. I hate to do this to you, but I'm going to do it anyway. How do you define love? Describe what love is to you.
3: Absolutely. That's an excellent question. And I'm going to defer. Uh, there, there are two definitions of love which I really like. One is, um, I think it was an Austrian or German poet years ago, uh, Rainer Maria Rilke. He wrote, love consists in this, that two solitudes, know." and touch and protect each other. And when you let's face it, that's why I talk about the journey from me to us, because each of us is, is, is a me. We're separate individuals. And yet the most important thing in life is having a really good relationship. And and the us of a relationship is, is, is much different. So first is you have to know each other and really talk about uh, in my book, you have to talk about money, for example. Talk about your core issues—those things which are really important to you, which you you won't compromise. And um, and then there was another definition in a TV show I saw years ago about love, and it said love is what you do for each other. And you know, I read mean, it's pretty easy to say I love you, or maybe it's maybe it's not easy, but saying something is one thing, doing it is quite another. So we can all make promises. Uh, yeah, you know I'll pay you back uh, the fifty dollar loan and uh, next week. That's saying it. Well, doing it is something else. So I, I believe that being considerate and uh, giving uh, what you can to the other person and helping them out, especially when they're in need, uh, is very important. So those are two definitions of love, which which I will go with
2: and most generally when we talk about love we think it's got to be romantic love but those definitions also apply to any
3: kind of love don't they oh a- a- absolutely yeah. and i think i think there's some confusion in that because uh, you know we we talk about sometimes love and sex as if they're synonymous and and they they, they certainly aren't and uh, certainly we have loving relationships with our parents our children and and indeed, our friends. And it doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't even have to be physical. But it's caring about, listening to them, caring about what happens in their day, and if they want help, helping them out whenever you can. So, uh, I, I, love is a it's a different thing, and uh, I think it's just uh, a a deeper form of of, of liking uh, another person.
2: I totally agree. And on that note, we're going to let our listeners sit with that thought for a moment as we take a break. This is Irene Collin with my guest, Alan Fox, saying stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more.
4: Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment.
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
1: You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is Blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon.
2: Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Alan Fox, and we're talking about how to move from me to us and his wonderful new book, *People Tools*, which is about relationships. Alan, how can people find your book and how can they find you? Uh, and and I have to tell you, everybody, this book just came out on Tuesday of this week. It's brand new. Alan, tell us about it.
3: Okay. Yes. Well, you can, you can get in touch with me at peopletoolsbook.com. We have a great website, and you can sign up for my blog, and I send that out once a week. And, you know, we have lots of ideas on relationships and money and how to get along with with other people. So, uh, peopletoolsbook.com. And then we're available on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, bookstores, um, including the first two books, People Tools and People Tools for Business. So, uh, if you get People Tools for Love and Relationships, which, you know, I'm very pleased with, um, you might like the other two books as well.
2: And I agree. I think they will. You say this. The key to any successful relationship is you. Now, that's nice, but what if you've done everything you possibly can do, and it doesn't work? Is it still you?
3: Yes, absolutely. I think too many people start with a premise that, you know, you grow up, you fall in love, you get married... And all you have to do is find the right person. And then if things go wrong, you say, Oh well, I I know what the mistake is. I'm I'm fine. I've just found the wrong person. So I'll have to get out of this relationship and find the right person. And you know, whenever you put control of your life out there in somebody else, you're not gonna succeed as well as when you do it yourself. So I say work on a relationship. I have one chapter, uh, Weave, Don't Leave. You know, try to weave the tapestry of a relationship. And as you said, Irene, if you do everything you can and it doesn't work, I would say try a little bit more be- for two reasons. First, it might work. And secondly, it gives you more experience at doing a relationship, at working on it, and uh, I have a chapter in my book, and you know I'm in favor of, of maintaining relationships. But if you have to, I have a chapter called "Abandon Ship," and sometimes that's just what you have to do. And but if you do, you want to be better prepared to have a better relationship next time. So working on a relationship, I think, is a is a really good thing to do, and I think it's something we we really all have to think about. And you
2: say you have to be the right person. And that's, a, that's a, a, a big task. That does not come easy. How do you know when you are the right person?
3: Well, you, 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 you may never be the completely right person, or if you are today, you might not be tomorrow. But by being the right person, I think the essential concept I have is to, to, to be authentic, to be real. And uh, I, uh, my wife knew a woman who was engaged to a man, and they went out on his boat every weekend, and he really liked that. And she went out with him. And the day they were married, right after the ceremony, when they were pronounced man and wife, she said to her new husband, now I never have to go out on your darn boat again. Well, as you can imagine, that relationship didn't, uh, didn't last too long. And the point is, she wasn't real. She gave the impression she liked the boat. So I say to be the right person, you have to be authentic, and you have to uh, be, be real with the other person and expect them to be real with you so that you'll know each other and know what you're getting into.
2: So that the day after the wedding, you don't wake up and find her without her makeup and sue her because she's ugly.
3: That one <laughs> right. that,
2: that one boggles my mind, frankly. How you know, How do we yeah. know? How can you know when you find somebody and you just absolutely are crazy about them, as some people do, and you really get so Tied up in it that you, you you just want to please them no matter what, and you do, and yet it's contrary to who you really are. How do you know when you're not doing that kind of thing and you're really being uh, genuine? We we get ourselves into this situation of thinking we are being genuine when we're just trying to please somebody. We well, take on their true. things and mm-hmm. it's not us.
3: That's that's very true, and you know when I was a when I was a kid, I used to lie a lot because I don't know, if I broke a window or something, and my dad asked me, and I lied about it. Said no, I didn't do it. I got away with it maybe one time in five, um, and but if I told the truth, I was punished anyway. So there wasn't too much uh, percentage in telling the truth. But you know, in a relationship, I have a chapter that uh, you know, the truth is the long cut. Telling a lie is a shortcut, and it may get you what you want right now on an immediate basis, but in the long run, it's going to really hurt your relationship. So you know you're being authentic, for example, when you just tell the truth or say you don't know, and you don't have to worry about, my goodness, I mean, there's so much stress. I decided when I went into business, I was going to always tell the truth because I can't remember what I told everybody and what I told you, what I told somebody else. So if I tell everybody the truth all the time... Then i don't have to worry about what I told you last week or last month, and uh, i I'm, I'm being authentic and it really works in the long run, and we're all in this life for the long run. It works a lot better
2: It works a lot better sometimes you know we can catch ourselves thinking, well, if I just act like I like contemporary art when I absolutely detest it. Maybe he'll like me more. No, he won't. <laughs> Probably will catch up with you. But we, we all try to impress, I think. You say that research shows that those who are the happiest in relationships are those who work at it. I'm assuming that means that both people are working at it. If it's lopsided, can it be happy?
3: Well, no, and that's not ideal. I really think that in a relationship, both people have to perceive it as approximately equal most of the time. Now, you know, if if, if I get sick and have to go to the hospital, I would expect my wife to take care of me, and, and she's going to put in more than I am because I, I can't do it temporarily. But I think you have to uh, receive as good as you get. You know, if you have a job and, and you're earning, uh, you know, Forty thousand dollars a year, and you think you should be earning eighty thousand. You're not going to be too happy with the situation. You feel taken advantage of, or if, 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 if the employer expects you to work forty hours a week and you can only come in twenty hours a week, they're going to be unhappy. And I think a rela- any relationship is like that. It's got to be about equal. So you have to put in as, as as much as you as much as you get out.
2: What are the things in the majority of relationships that you see need to be worked on?
3: Well, I think that we have two things going in a relationship. One is reliability and the comfort of of having a relationship. And for example, knowing what your partner looks like without makeup on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but also, you know, we, we like excitement. Uh, you know, you, you if you like a TV show, you're not going to watch this, uh, exactly the same TV show every time. In other words, they have, you know, a new show every week. So you, you see something different. And in relationships, I think it's important to have it reliable so that you have experience and you know the other person pretty well but you have to work at keeping it exciting do different things uh take a vacation somewhere different um have a date night uh, once a week uh and 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 uh, shake things up so it's a little bit different so keeps you interested and one thing I'm always interested in is, is, is how my wife feels about, about her life and what she's doing and I find that interesting so you know, we, we talk about ourselves so you have to keep connected and not just say okay uh, now we're married now I don't have to think about it anymore that's really not the case
2: there's a country western singer and right now I'm groping for his name and it's not coming to me but he has a song called what do you do when it stops being
3: new ah Ah that's, and that yeah. That's it exactly doesn't what answer I'm talking the question. Yes. And that's something all of us face that because if it's not new, if we've been together a month or let's say five years, it's it's not gonna be new and you have to make it new. You have to do new activities or see each other in a new way and, 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 and keep it interesting.
2: So that really brings up the next question. How do you maintain your individuality as me while you're adjusting to be a critical part of us?
3: And, and I think that is absolutely key. And when you meet someone and fall in love, you might spend every moment together and, uh, all the time, etc. But in real life, over the long run, we, we need a, a, a separate life to bring to the us. To bring to the relationship, and my wife has her own friends, and you know, she has lunch with them or breakfast or whatever, um, and and she runs her own life during the day. And sometimes we have lunch together or see each other, and sometimes we don't. I have my business, which is you know, separate and apart from uh, from my wife. Uh, at one time, she was head of a head of an independent school, and that kept her busy more than full time. So I think you have to get. Your emotional needs, you can't get them met all by one person. And uh, so you have to maintain an individuality to bring to the relationship so you can have a, a really uh, solid us. And that solid us comes from having two solid needs, two solid individuals.
2: And I think we miss that a lot of times, that we have to be a solid, strong me. I think that's why a lot of people get in trouble when they retire, and all of a sudden they're together all the time.
3: Oh, absolutely. That's, uh, and, 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 and not only that, but I've read some studies which show that if, if people retire and they have nothing to do, that they tend to die sooner, and if they have a hobby, uh, if they travel, then you have you have something to focus on because boy uh retiring leaves a big hole in your in your in your day and, yes, it uh, does. and people have to plan for that and i agree then if it changes from being together evenings and weekends to being together all the time uh, a lot of people don't do very well with that
2: no they really don't it's kind of a change of subject but i love the chapter you don't always have to answer the telephone i like that now with computers these days and email and texting and all of that stuff, uh, it's even more, you know, important to to get away. When do people have a chance to talk? How do you well, make time yes. to talk?
3: Well, I think you have to. I almost make a make date. Um, one of my sons and his wife have a Thursday date night where they get a babysitter for the children and they go out to dinner together or they might go to a, a play or a movie. And you, you really have to make time. You, 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 you can't take your relationship for granted. And um, you have to make time to, to spend with each other and focus just on each other. And you know, my wife and I, we're going to turn off our cell phones and uh, not, uh, not be plugged in electronically for, for an hour or two so that we can really be together.
2: Good for you. I hope as we go to break now, people think about how important it is to turn off some of those devices. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Alan Fox, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back with more.
4: We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
1: You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlin. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at one 888 346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is Blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon.
2: Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Alan Fox. We're talking about love and relationships from his book, People Tools About Love and Relationships. One of the things you mentioned in the beginning of the book, you don't talk a lot about it, but you talk about love at first sight. Is there such a thing?
3: Well, for me, there is. And I think it could work either way. I I really think uh, as you get to know someone over weeks or months or even years that that you can really have much more of an emotional connection. But for me, I'll tell you, I've been married three times, and each time... uh, the first time I saw my my future wife, I said, "Whoa, I really could like that woman and um, and I you know I, I I think it pays to go with your instinct with your with your gut, and if you feel that you're going to like somebody, it has a good shot. It's not always going to work out, but it's uh it's worked out well for me, and the people I'm closest to generally it started out really, really well.
2: I met a couple that went on a dating site. They met for coffee after the first couple conversations. They met for coffee in the morning. They stayed for lunch. They stayed for dinner in the same place. And they hadn't been apart. And that had been like a year later. They hadn't been apart, except to go to work, of course. But I mean, they met, they stayed together. And they were about as happy a couple as I've met. What's your opinion on dating sites?
3: Well, you know, in my time, you met people with work or or at school, and sometimes by affinity groups. You know, if you like hiking, you join the Sierra Club. But I think in today's world, we're all very very busy, and and by dating sites, you cast a wider web because you meet people that hopefully you can be very compatible with, you share similar values, similar needs. And um, actually, uh, one of my daughters uh, married her husband, and they met on a dating site. And actually, you know, they were kind of embarrassed about it. She doesn't talk about it too much. Uh, that's not how you're supposed to do it. I think dating sites can be very, very helpful and, um, and introduce you to people you've never, never met otherwise and people with whom you're, you can be quite compatible.
2: I I agree. I like your chapter on it's okay to ask. Then you talk about the word yes. And later you have a chapter mind reading. If you loved me, I wouldn't have to ask. Um, those all, so I'm glad they weren't all together because it so, sort of built the message Talk about the importance of being up front and open about your wants and needs. Some people really do believe that if you loved me, I wouldn't have to ask kind of thing.
3: Oh, absolutely, Irene. I, I used to believe that. I mean, you know, my wife would know what I wanted for dinner. I didn't have to tell her. I mean, my goodness, we've been married for five years and she knows what I like, so why didn't she make what I wanted? Well, the answer is I didn't ask. I didn't tell her. And when you ask, you, you, you risk being disappointed. I grew up in a family where my father was very, very angry when he couldn't do something for you. So he not only said no, he was so angry about it that I learned not that it's not okay to ask. And I really had to retrain myself as an adult when I was 30 or 35 years old. It is okay to ask because I used to get angry with people for asking me for something I wasn't going to do. Well, they they how am I going to know what they want? So I I make it a point to to ask for what I want, and uh, I make it a, and 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 uh, you you mentioned the chapter on yes. What is more beautiful than yes? Um, you know, I'd I'd, I'd like to uh, go out with you. Yes, um, uh, I, anything with a yes, uh, I I think is terrific, and I try to say my bias with my children is to say yes. You know, Dad, uh, I'd like to do this this weekend. My my bias is to say yes. Now, if there's something else much more important, we'll talk about it. But my default, always with everybody, is to say yes as much as I possibly can, and that's something I like to hear too.
2: But a lot of people don't know how to say yes. They hem and haw around until you're really sorry you asked. What do you do with them?
3: Um, well, and I've known some people like that myself, <laughs> Irene. And in people tools for love and relationships. I, I, I talk about that. You know, you 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 can tell them. You tell them. You know, uh, it's really nice when you just say yes. If uh, my my second wife uh, was uh, her default was no, so I would say, you know, um, these friends want us to come out to dinner and see them um, a week from Saturday, and she would always say no. And then we talk about it and say, oh, yeah, okay, I guess we can do that. I think people are afraid of getting trapped. So if you say yes, you might be trapped. But I say, you can say yes. My my, my wife could have said, yes, I'd love to. Oh, wait a minute. We have another appointment or this is a problem. So say yes, I would love to. It doesn't commit you. You don't have to be, be trapped. But you can be pleasant about it, and what you really do, you can talk about with the other person. So um, if you start with yes, you're going to have a much, much better relationship.
2: Now, I think the key you just said, you can talk about it. If people are open to talking about things without getting upset, you can handle all of these kind of things. But that's not always yes. the case.
3: Well, you have to be willing to, 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 to talk. And, you know, there are certain subjects. I have a chapter on talking about money. And in many families growing up, your parents will not talk to you about money, and you learn not to do that. And you know, in business, I've I've got to know what things cost, what salaries are. One time I, I met a woman, and she just uh, started a new job. And I said, well, what are you earning? And she said, Alan, I, I wouldn't tell my mother that. I said, well, I won't tell your mother either. So how much are you earning?
2: She, <laughs> Did she tell you?
3: <laughs> yes, I
2: read yes. the book. I know the answer.
3: But <laughs> and, you, you know, so in her family, they didn't talk about money. I know another woman who got married and two years later they went to buy a house and she discovered her husband had terrible credit and they couldn't get the loan they wanted. Well, they never talked about it. So she didn't know. And... um Again, my second wife came to me one day. She said, uh, Alan, I think my parents need some financial help. I said, okay, well, why? She said, I don't know, just a feeling. I said, well, all right, how much does you dad earn? Well, I don't know. How much do they have in the bank? I don't know. Is there a particular need? I don't know. Why don't you talk to them? And I did, and it turned out they were perfectly okay, but in their family, they just didn't talk about money. So whether it's money or, or, or sex or what they have for dinner, it's so important to communicate. I think the key to every successful relationship is, is as much communication, accurate communication, supportive communication uh, as, you, as you can have.
2: Without overreacting. Just, you know, just listen. Just listen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: You have, and this intrigued me, I read this a number of times, six ways to say I'm sorry.
3: Yes. You know, when when I do something which offends somebody, um, it's kinda like a little fire and an immediate, sincere I'm sorry can just put out the fire. But if you don't do it, then you might have a, a fire which burns down, you know, somebody national park. So yeah, I have a number of ways to say I'm sorry, you know. Um one way and the worst way is to say well, I'm sorry you reacted so, so badly to what I said.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, wow. You know,
3: that's not, I'm sorry. That's saying, Hey, you did it wrong. That's, that's, that's an accusation. And uh, so you can say, I'm sorry in a number of ways. The best way to say, I'm sorry is just to say, I'm sorry. Sorry. You don't have to say why or what. You say, I'm I'm sorry. And if the other person wants a further explanation and talk about it more, that's fine. And aren't you sorry if you... I'm sorry if I hurt someone's feelings. Uh, Oh, absolutely.
2: And And then you have the ones that say, I'm sorry, but... Oh, whatever it is i've 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 experienced those i'm sorry but basically the those next implied sentences but you were wrong and i was right
3: yes exactly well the example of, one example i use is you know i'm sorry you're upset well that's okay, but it's still saying that maybe you shouldn't be upset. So it's still a little bit of criticism. Um, if you say, "I'm sorry, I said that," or "I'm sorry, I did that,", that that's that's better. Um, uh, and uh, but it's not quite acknowledging you know my role and your experience. Um, so I, I I go for I'm sorry and just stop there.
2: I take it's it that like you he, didn't agree with Siegel when he said love is never having to say you're sorry in that novel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> remember that it, one it some years ago, quite a year, number of years ago now.
3: I, it, I remember that. That was the first sentence in the book, and uh, it was love story, and, um, and you, on its surface, that it's so appealing. And isn't that saying, if you, if you love me, you can read my mind? Oh, yeah. You?
2: I bristled every time I read it in there because I'm thinking, you know what? There are times you really do need to say, I'm sorry. I screwed up. I messed it up. I didn't mean to, but I yep. did. And I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just, yeah. that's, that's, you know, absolutely. But she went and along it. with it. So I guess it was okay in the book. <laughs> but But in real life, it doesn't work that way. No,
3: not 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 a bit.
2: Not a bit. This one intrigued me. You say time and quality are the essence of any relationship. Time and quality. What what about time and quality?
3: Well, when you think about it, and that's why I wrote about it in People Tools for Love and Relationships. What is a relationship but? time spent together and, and, and you know that can be over the phone it can be texting I think it's better in person because you can be closer and get more information so to have a relationship um, if it's someone you met 30 years ago and you haven't talked to them since I'm not sure that you really still have a relationship so time is important and then the, the, the quality of it I mean uh, you can watch something on television or go to a movie and if you don't enjoy it you spent time doing it, but you haven't gotten a, a, a really pleasure from it. So I think uh, the quality of your interaction is, is very important. And, you know, for many couples, one person talks all the time and the other person uh, you know, doesn't talk at all. Well, I would say then the quality of the relationship, it's, 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 it should be a back and forth and both people participating um, so time and quality to me are the essence of, of, of every good relationship.
2: And this gets back to it, to the beginning, knowing who the other person is and knowing who you are and, and not, and being real about, about it and being able to give and take. It, it seems yes. That, that yes, I like, yes. Uh, before, (laughs) Before we go into the next question, it's time for us to take a break. So we'll do that now. When we come back, you'll hear more from our guest, Alan Fox, about love and relationships.
4: your better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed when you think of inspiring women who comes to mind is it a visionary like oprah winfrey political or legal figures like hillary clinton or sonia sotomayor or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like meg whitman No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment.
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
1: You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is Blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon.
2: Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Alan Fox. We're talking about his... New Tools book on love and relationships, How to Get from Me to Us. Uh, If you just tuned in, you're going to want to come back to the blog tomorrow and listen to this whole show because there's a wealth of wisdom in what Alan has to say. You talk about disconnect in the book, Alan. Let's talk a little bit about disconnect.
3: Absolutely. Uh, you know, many people in a relationship believe uh, that, that you have to settle everything and agree on everything. And, you know, many arguments go on and on and on for hours and days and even years or decades. And I say, you know, if you have differences and you recognize those differences and the other person hasn't changed or you haven't changed, consider dis- disconnecting on those issues I you know, I can say to my wife, honey, we have talked about that for ten years. You see it one way, I see it another, you haven't changed your mind, I haven't changed my mind. I, I just don't think it's good for our relationship to keep on arguing about it. So Yeah, you I'm agree to
2: disagree.
3: That. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Agree to disagree. And um and, and that saves a lot of friction and a lot of bad feelings in a relationship.
2: So how long does this argument or conversation go on before you know it's time to disconnect? Is it when you just keep getting hot under the collar and you can't resolve it? I mean, that could happen fairly quickly in a relationship. You know you can't go there anymore.
3: Absolutely. Well, I would say disconnect as soon as you recognize it. And it took me years to even recognize that disconnecting was a good idea. And it still takes me some time. But, you know, if I feel myself getting upset, And I realize we've had this discussion before. I will say, honey, this is causing me to feel angry. And we've talked about this before, and every time I feel angry, and I think we're both best off if we just just table it and don't don't talk about it. Let's talk about something pleasant.
2: kind of goes back to that question that psychologists ask, would you rather be right or happy?
3: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that's an easy one for me. I'd, I'd, I'd rather be happy. Every single time, I I, I I mean, I like to be right, too, but as between the two, I would always go for being happy.
2: Me, too. I met a man once who absolutely said he'd rather be right any day than happy, and he came to me for help with his marriage, and he um, just couldn't see it. He just couldn't see it. She should always do what he wanted. He, after all, was the man of the house. And she didn't always see things his way. It was not a good situation.
3: That that's a shame because of, you know marriage it's a partnership, and you have two partners, not you know not uh, one person controlling and telling the other person everything they have to do. And um, all too often that is what happens, and um, it's it's really it's a, it's a myth for both people. And, and certainly the person has to be right all the time, it's a miss for them because they're going to be unhappy and dissatisfied. They, they, they're not yep. going to be right all the time, and their partner's not going to agree with them all the time. And there's you know, going to come a time they're,
2: that they're going to be probably very lonely.
3: Yeah, Absolutely. I agree.
2: You talk about prenups. Why are prenups important, and what should you put in them?
3: Well, I think they're extremely important, and and uh, that's the the base of good relationship is is clear understanding, and uh, you know a lot of people say, well, if you really love me, you know, we're going to be married forever, and then why do you need this? And the answer is, if we're married forever, I don't need that. I was married thirty five years ago. I have a prenup. It's probably in my office safe somewhere. I've never looked at it for thirty five years, but it's there. And the point is this. When you get married, you are signing a property agreement. It's the agreement of the state that you live in because if you then later, two years later or ten years later get a divorce, the state has, has rules. So the question is, do you want the state rules to prevail or your own rules and what you want? And also, maybe you'll live in a different state uh, ten years from now. Or the law will get changed and you won't know about it. So I really think it's, it's very important to have a clear relationship because um, like the man you were mentioning, I guess, expected his new wife to have makeup on uh, all the time. Well, if there are expectations, uh, I know a man who was completing his first year of law school. They got married, came back from a honeymoon, and his wife said, Oh, by the way, I quit my job, and I expect you to support us. They said, I'm, I'm going to school for another two years. I mean, they hadn't talked about it, and again, that marriage didn't last too long, So, especially with money. Which is a sore spot in many uh, many relationships. I think that's something you you should talk about up front, so that the expectations on each side are are very clear. And um, you know, I don't want to get divorced in six months and, uh, and give half of my my full net worth that I built up over thirty years to someone I don't like anymore. So I I think it's, I talked to a divorce attorney about this, and she said, gee, she never thought about that. But you always have an agreement on money and support and things like that. So why not make it your agreement rather than the agreement of the state, which the state can change at any time.
2: And that makes perfect sense and its protection for both sides. I don't know why we get so touchy about it. You have something sure. that I found absolutely delightful, and that was the get-out-of-jail-practically-free card. Talk about that just for a minute. We're almost at the end of the show, so you know, just tell us what that is.
3: Absolutely. I'm just suggesting that at the beginning of each month, you, you give your partner a get-out-of-jail-practically-free card, meaning that... You know, if, if something comes up, and uh, if I'm upset with my wife, um, she can say, "Alan, here's the get out of jail practically free card." So let it go. And I think that's very important. And I say practically free because obviously, some things, you know, no. Um, if if I do something intentionally to to hurt her, maybe maybe I shouldn't get out of jail practically free, uh, or at all. So it's 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 exhibiting forgiveness. You know, I know you're not perfect. I know you may do things that I don't like. And and if you do, here's this get-out-of-jail-practically-free, and it's okay. But you only get one a month, so, you know, you, 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 it makes me more careful because I, I don't even want to use it. And uh, cause I, I want to save it for when I really may need it. And uh, it turns out <laughs> my wife and I hardly use that at all, but we, we do it, and it's... Um, It's a good feeling to know that one misstep is not going to have serious consequences.
2: I love the idea. We're right up to the end of the show, I hate to say. What's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today?
3: Well, I think uh, one of my favorite plays is Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman, and toward the end there's a line, attention must be paid. And I believe in a relationship, attention must be paid. You must pay attention to the relationship just like you would to your job or your friends or your hobbies. Pay attention to your relationship. Pay attention to your partner and, and really pay attention to making the relationship work well.
2: Wonderful thought. And I would say to our listeners, when, when the show is over, go to Amazon or if you're going to be out and about, go to the bookstore And get this book, People, Tools for Love and Relationships, The Journey from Me to Us by Alan C. Fox. You will be so glad. It's such a delightful, helpful book. Alan, thank you so, so much for being with us today. I really appreciate that you gave us your time and your wisdom.
3: Well, thank you, Irene. It's been a pleasure. You do a great job of interviewing, and and I've really enjoyed it.
2: Thank you so much. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Alan Fox, saying thank you for being with us today and come back next week for more of The Self-Improvement Show.
1: Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.